Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. In the previous program, I was talking about Galatians chapter 1, verses 8, 9, and 10. And in the previous program, I explained that Paul was teaching a different gospel than what other people were teaching. The Apostle Paul taught that Jesus died for our sins so that he would no longer hold our sins against us ever again. And because of that, we are set free from the law so that we can live in a different way of life. We can now live on the basis of his love and acceptance, the love and acceptance of God, instead of living a life trying to obtain the love or acceptance of God. And if a person did not believe that they were completely forgiven of their sins, they would by default end up with a gospel that would have something to do with trying to live a life so that you could obtain the love and acceptance of God instead of resting in the love and acceptance that he provides for us because he no longer holds our sins against us. And so if that's the case, if a person is going to devote their lives trying to obtain the love and acceptance of God, then they are going to have to persuade God that they are lovable, that he can accept them, that he won't be ashamed if they are one of his children. They are going to have to find some way to persuade God. And I believe that that is what he was hinting at when he said in verse 10, for do I now persuade men or God? That subtly, that's what he was saying, that other people who taught a different gospel will by default have to live a life trying to persuade God. I believe that he was saying that in a subtle way, and I explained this in the previous program. You know, one of the obstacles in telling the truth sometimes is that there are going to be some people who will not want to hear it. That's one of the obstacles, because you're going to probably be faced with opposition. You know, sometimes people will call me and they will tell me, listen, I do not like what you had to say. I don't agree with you. And what do they really expect me to say? I mean, do they expect me to say something like, wow, I'm so thankful that you called because, you know, I didn't really give it a lot of thought. I didn't give it a lot of prayer. I just sort of turned on the microphone and just said whatever sounded good. Do they really expect me to say something like that? I mean, sometimes I wonder if that's what people expect me to say. And so sometimes I'll respond with a little bit more than just hanging up the phone. Sometimes I'll say things like, well, thank you for sharing with me your opinion. I really appreciate that. And then I hang up the phone. I mean, what do you expect me to say? If you don't like what I have to say, then good for you. Good for you. You must have some good reasons for that. And if you do, then stand by them. But if what I am saying is true, there will be some consequences to what you believe, just as there would be consequences to what I believe if what I believe is not true. That is very real, and that is something that I do consider, and I am concerned about in a deep way. But I don't talk about things like this unless I know what I'm talking about. 
unless I have something to say and I believe that it's true. And if I am not sure about it, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I don't know if this is absolutely right. This is my opinion. I'm not saying, thus saith the Lord, just that I am saying. Paul took the liberty to say that on occasion, so why can't I? I take the liberty to tell people that I saith and not the Lord. I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with that. I don't think other people should have a problem with that either. But there are times when we are going to offend other people, and there just simply is no way to avoid it. And there will be no way to reconcile these differences. There will be no way to accomplish that until someone concedes that they were wrong. There's no way to reconcile two opposing different points of view unless somebody concedes that they were wrong. That's the only way to accomplish that. And so there will be opportunities for offense. There will be opportunities for conflict, for disappointment, for rejection. There will be lots of opportunities for that in life. And so if that's the case, then if Paul says something like this, especially in writing, somebody is going to probably be offended by what he has to say. When he said in verse 8, But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. It's his way of saying that he knows that there are men who are not going to be pleased and he is willing to accept that. He is willing to live with that, that that is acceptable. When you consider the fact that here is his opportunity to proclaim the truth as he sees it, and he is going to do it regardless of what happens, regardless of who he offends or who he pleases, that this is not going to be the criteria that he uses in order to proclaim whatever he proclaims. And I do pray that I also will never be persuaded to say anything because I believe someone is going to be pleased with me or not pleased with me, I pray that I will always have the freedom to be able to speak what I believe God has told me to speak without any concern related to either of these things, because I am not to live that way. We are not to live that way. We are to live on the basis of the truth regardless of the consequences. Consider the Lord Jesus. How many people liked what he had to say? How many people were offended by what he had to say? He had lots of people who he offended. He had lots of people who he pleased. But that was not the criteria that he used in order to say and do what he said and did. Now, the Apostle Paul would know a lot about this. He would because there was a time in his life when he was trying to please men. And I believe that that is why he said in verse 10, For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ, because there was a time when he did. That's what he meant when he said, still pleased. He does not still do that. He used to do that, but he doesn't do that anymore. Why? Because he has come to know the true and living God. And besides him, there is no other. At the end of verse 10, he says, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. If he was still trying to please men, he certainly wouldn't try to do it this way. This would not be the way. Now, he could perhaps 
be pleasing to the apostles, but is that what happened? Did he abandon the Pharisees? Did he abandon the Sanhedrin, the high priest, in order to be accepted by the apostles? Is that what he did? No, that's certainly not what he did. He has recognized that if he is going to be a servant of the Messiah, then he is going to have to make a choice concerning pleasing men and being a servant of the Messiah because there are lots of people. There will always be lots of people who will not accept the Messiah for who he is and they will reject you if you do. That is the reality. And so at some point, the Apostle Paul was confronted with this and he had to make a decision. He had to take a position. He had to recognize. He had to do this. He had to recognize that he needed to turn away from humanity, if necessary, in order to follow the living God. Now, if you skip ahead to Galatians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 for just a moment, if you skip ahead to verse 13, he says, For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. Paul knew what it was like to live a life trying to please other people, or more correctly, trying to be pleasing to individuals, pleasing to other people because of his lifestyle, because he was holy, because he was righteous, because he did what they told him to do, and he didn't do those things that they told him that he shouldn't do. You see, the whole life of a religious person, the whole life of a religious person is going to be surrounded by opportunities to be accepted by others or to be rejected by others. And if you are going to be accepted by a religious individual, the only way you're going to be able to accomplish that is if you subject yourself to their religion. You must subject yourself to the rules and regulations, the principles of daily life, things like that. You must subject yourself to the way of life that they believe you should subject yourself to. Only then will you be pleasing to them. Only then Will you be accepted by then? And Paul knew what this was about. He knew what this was like. He did so to the extent that he was successful in their eyes in such a way that he was beyond. He was beyond many of his own contemporaries, many of the others who were around him, so that he was pleasing to more people than other people were. And so he knew what it meant to please other people by his obedience, by his pursuit of the lifestyle that was defined by the Pharisees. He knew what this was like, and he turned away from it. He was deep in it, so deep in it that he had the ear of the high priest himself, which we'll read about in just a moment, that he had the ear of the high priest to give him authority to go out and persecute the church in Damascus. So that was his position, and he turned away from that. He let that go. He walked away. If he wanted to live a life pleasing other people, having a place in society, having position, having authority, having acceptance, he had that. He had lots of that. Why would he turn to the Lord Jesus if that's 
really what he was interested in. Deep down inside, he must have felt empty. He must have recognized that no matter how many people approved of him, no matter how successful he was according to their standards, no matter what he accomplished, no matter whose ear he had to speak to, it still would not meet the deepest need in his heart to be accepted. Only the living God will accept you in the way that he made you. He made you in such a way that there will be nothing in this world and there will never be anyone in your life who will ever give you the peace in your heart that he created you to have a need for. It is only when you turn to him and trust in him and rely on him that you will finally find peace. You will finally find rest and you will finally be set free to be true, to be real, to be honest according to what he defines, the truth that he expresses, the truth that he reveals. And you will not hesitate to proclaim that to anyone who is willing to listen, regardless of the consequences. Because you know who accepts you. You know who is pleased with you. And when you know him for who he is, then no one can possibly compete. No one will ever compare. The Apostle Paul encountered the living God for who he is. And because of that, he was able to take the position that he did and he was able to conduct the ministry that he engaged in. So going back up to Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. In verse 11 it says, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, I believe, I do believe that there were some people during his time, shortly after Jesus died and rose from the dead, I believe that there were some people who knew the gospel as Paul described. I just don't know who they were. I don't know. I believe that Stephen might have been one of them. I talked about him in the verse-by-verse study I did on the book of Acts. But you know what Paul believed concerning the gospel was unique. It was different from what other people were believing. Other people had part of what he taught, but not all of it. So I believe that when he said that he was not taught by man, I believe that it would be necessary for Jesus to teach him personally because I don't know who would have taught him otherwise. I mean, who would have told him that he was set free from the law? Who would have told him that? Who would have understood forgiveness to that extent? Is there anyone who knew that? Is there anyone who would have understood that? It wasn't until Acts chapter 10 that the church, the apostles, you know, the people who were following Jesus throughout his ministry, it wasn't until then that they discovered that a Gentile could be saved without first becoming a Jew. So who would have told Paul at that time about the freedom from the law? It wasn't until Acts chapter 15 when he personally went to go speak with the people there, with the apostles and the elders. It wasn't until then that they asked the question amongst themselves, does a person have to be circumcised in order to be saved? So when you look at things like that, you shouldn't be surprised when I say that I don't know who would have told him anyway. 
I believe that it would have to be the Lord Jesus to tell him this much about the gospel in this detail. Now, I don't think that this is a bad thing. I really don't. I believe that it's okay for a person to hear the gospel from the Lord Jesus and not from anyone else. I do. I believe that. I know that might sound like blasphemy to a lot of people. How dare I say that a person does not necessarily need a pastor or a missionary or someone in their life who will tell them the gospel, but the Lord Jesus can actually intervene and tell somebody the gospel himself, that he can actually do that, that he has the freedom and the privilege and the right and the authority, and that it's okay if he does that. There are many people who will hear that as blasphemy these days for some obscure reason. But I do believe that. I really do believe that the Lord Jesus can personally reveal himself to someone. In fact, I believe that if the Lord Jesus does not intervene in some way when a person is pursuing a knowledge of him, when a person is studying the scriptures, when a person is looking into the things of God, if he does not intervene, I don't think it's going to be the same. You know, there is a big difference between a person, between you. You know, you're listening to me right now. I believe that there's a big difference between you believing what I am saying by hearing me say it in comparison to hearing the truth that I am expressing from the Lord Jesus himself. You know, it's one thing when I say it, but when he reveals this to you personally in the depths of your being, in your spirit, in who you are, when he, through his Holy Spirit, confirms to you that what I have said is true, then that makes a difference. That makes a very big difference to the extent where you can truly embrace the truth in the way that he wants you to. Not because I said it, but because he said it. That's the way it should be. It should never be anything different, anything other than that. It should always be that way. So for Paul to say that the gospel that he believed was taught to him by the Lord Jesus himself, for him to say that, that to me is acceptable. I personally believe that the gospel that I believe was revealed to me by the Lord Jesus himself. I believe that. Now, there was an individual who through his book and through his radio program, there was an individual who told me about the gospel of sin and death and forgiveness and the restoration of life. And I am very thankful for that. And his name will always be on my testimony. But make no mistake, he is not a replacement for the Lord Jesus. And I am not a replacement for the Lord Jesus in your life either, and you will not be a replacement for the Lord Jesus in anyone else's life. It's one thing to believe the gospel because you were taught it by man, but it's something else to believe the gospel because the Lord Jesus confirmed it to you or taught it to you personally. Only then will you truly be able to experience the gospel in the divine way that I believe he wants us to experience it. And so, if you have not yet encountered the living God confirming to your being that what I am saying to you is true, if you have not experienced that yet, then of course you can consider that maybe what I am saying is not true. But I believe if you will have some patience, eventually he will reveal this to you and you will proceed in the way 
then I believe he wants you to. So again, in verse 11, this is Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, he said, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. In other words, even when he discovered the gospel, he still did not go to Jerusalem He did not go to the apostles. Why? I believe that the reason why is because he knew what they believed already. He was persecuting the church. Do you think he was doing that without understanding the people who he was persecuting? Do you think he did that just because it was a hobby? It was just something to do that he just decided, oh, let's just go persecute some people. These are some good people to persecute. Is that what he was thinking? No. He knew what they believed. He must have heard their arguments. He must have known their positions. It would be the only way that he could discriminate, differentiate. It would be the only way that he could distinguish between those who were believing in Jesus and those who were not. He would have to know these things. And so he would know the gospel that they proclaimed. He would know the position that they took. He would know the prophecies that they referred to. But he refused to believe until... The Lord Jesus told him what the full gospel is, what the complete gospel is in a way that he could understand. And that way was different from what the apostles could have told him. So why should he go talk to them? Why should he go visit them? Why? For what reason? To be taught by them when he already knew what they believed and why? He must have known. If he is who he says he is, he must have known. To me, he would not fulfill the kinds of expectations that would be put on an individual who would be in the position that he described in verses 13 and 14 unless he knew these arguments, unless he knew these issues. He must have known these things. And so he would have known that it wouldn't have made much difference if he went to go talk to the apostles because the gospel that he understood The gospel that was revealed to him was not the same as was revealed to them. There were some differences, some differences in the sense that the apostles were still teaching that a person had to live in obedience to the law of Moses. And Paul was not teaching people that they had to live in obedience to the law of Moses. So there was no point in him going there. He might as well go anywhere. In this case, he went to Arabia, then he went to Damascus. And I want you to understand that he didn't do this out of pride. This was not an expression of pride to say that he's going to go on alone, that he's going to do it just between Jesus and him, that he doesn't need anybody. That's not what he was saying. What he was saying was that he didn't have an alternative. That's what he was saying. 
This is not a statement of pride. This is a statement of disappointment. That's what I see here. I see disappointment. He didn't say that he didn't go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before him because he wanted to be isolated from them. He didn't say that. To me, he says very clearly that the reason why he didn't go there was because they weren't able to teach him what Jesus just taught him. That's why. And I believe he wanted them to believe what Jesus taught him, but that he would know better than to go back and try to convince them. He would know better. Why should he even try? I believe that that is the attitude that he expressed when he wrote this. In verse 18, he said, Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him fifteen days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed before God I do not lie afterward, I went to the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. To me, it's another way of saying that he did go. Certainly, he went, and he spent time with Peter, a little bit of time with James. People didn't know him by face. They heard about him. But I believe he recognized that there was no place for him there, that he would have to go somewhere else, because the Lord Jesus was teaching him in a way that was different than what the apostles were teaching other people, which tells me that the apostles had a limit concerning what they understood with regards to the gospel. Paul recognized that, hoped for the best. I believe that Peter eventually did understand quite a bit more concerning the gospel, and I believe John as well. But my point is only to say that Paul did not have an alternative that this was not an exercise of pride, it was just simply the circumstance that he found himself in. That there's nothing wrong with being taught by other people, as long as we don't consider them to be a replacement for the Holy Spirit. There's nothing wrong with that, but that we should also consider that it is not necessary either. And I will continue with this in the next broadcast. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net Thank you,